0: Well, good morning. Turn to the person near you and say good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Tell them good morning. I I am excited to be able to be here this morning. So those of you that have been here before and know a little bit about the one word, this is going to be kind of a review for you. But those of you that haven't, we want you to participate with us on something that we've been able to know that has been able to help change somebody's life. How many of you know the word of God will not return to God void, but it will do what it's planned and purposed to do. That's the word of God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for his word. Hebrews 4.12 says it's where we get our name from, the Living Word Fellowship. The Word is alive and active. It is alive and active. So today, um, how many of you know we are in a new era? Oh, come on now. Uh, you know, it wasn't just uh, last Sunday that we walked through the door and we were anointed and we stepped into a new era, but I want to show you the doorway over here that many of you walked through. Um, we're going to give those of you that ha- haven't walked through or weren't here last week the opportunity to do that in a f- in a few more weeks. We want to be able to to we're going to have a special time where we can anoint you again, uh, those of you that weren't able to come Sunday, and to be able to walk into a new era. It's a new day. Say that. It's a new day. It really is a new day. And I was beginning to share with Shelly, we were talking about some of the things that, that God is doing. It's a new time. It's a new place. It's a new season. It's where we have a new president. There is a new attitude. There is some, a lot of different things. No matter, no matter where, what, where you are and what's going on, there is definitely some change in the world. There is definitely some change. But the greatest thing needs to be change in your world. And it needs to be positive change in your world. So I want to, I'm going to start out with, with, we're going to talk a little bit about the one word today. But I want to just share with you just a second before we get into that. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus, though none may go with me. And still I follow. I have decided to. To follow Jesus. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, I have decided to follow Jesus. Whether there's hope or hopelessness, I have decided to follow Jesus. Whether I'm climbing the mountain or skiing down on the other side, I have decided to follow Jesus. No matter what's taking place in my life, I have decided to follow Jesus. He is the way, the truth, the life. No man. Can comes to the father, but by him. He is He is everything to us. I have victory in him. I am more than a conqueror in him. I'm a child of the most high God. Because of him, he is my righteousness. He is my king. He is the great I am. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. And his name is Jesus. He's wonderful counselor, the prince of peace, everlasting mighty father. His name is jesus can we get somebody to give me a shout of praise today his name is jesus his name is jesus so anyways i'm i'm just i'm ready to preach y'all i'm ready to preach mike can i get you to go back one slide i think i've got uh i want to i want to talk with you about one word say one word over there there's a table over there to the i guess that's the south of the sanctuary There is a one-word table, and and I actually have some of these over there for you. It says, get a God word, not just a good word. How many of you know sometimes we have a good word? Oh, that was a good word, but I want a God word. I want you to receive a God word today for your situation, for your circumstance, for what you're going through. Um I'm going to start with this scripture right here it's matthew fourteen twenty eight and the first part of twenty nine Peter answered him L- let me give you a little background first before we get up we we get up to this when we look at it in the scriptures in Matthew, gosh I got a little bit of time i want I want to go there let's if you've got your bible let's go ahead and turn with me to matthew fourteen and um I I am outside my comfort zone because I am actually using an electronic device up here. <laughs> Somebody say, it's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. Matthew 14. So, you know, I'm, I, I have sometimes my my uh, dexterity isn't all that good. And anybody that knows what I'm talking about, you know, all of a sudden you can begin to touch on something and you go somewhere else and you're like, what happened there? Um Matthew, Matthew 14, I want I just want to look at, uh, just the scripture here just a little bit. Um, Jesus was walking on water. I'm going to start at verse 22. Jesus was walking on water and it says, uh, I'm going to get to where we're going to get to, but he says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. And after he had sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone, but the boat was already a long distance from land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. Fear is false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. There may be evidence in your life of something and with them, they were looking and there was something walking on the water and they were afraid and the Bible said they were, they thought it was a ghost and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. So here's the disciples. Jesus was, had been preaching to the multitude and, and he was trying to find some time to be able to be recharged and to connect, continue to connect with the father. And so he had sent the disciples on. He said, you guys go ahead and basically, you know, I'll meet you there or let's just go to the other side. And they were beginning to be beaten by the waves and the wind. Now I can look at this and say, in your life, there have been some waves and some wind that have beaten your life come on somebody that there has been some waves and some wind that you've had to overcome and how many of you know that that there may just be fear just from the battle of the waves and the wind oh come on this is a good word so he 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 knew that the disciples were not only probably afraid but then they began to look and they said it's a ghost you know, obviously, I'm wondering, this may not have been the first time, uh, or this may have been the first time that they saw Jesus walking on the water. But how many of you know it wasn't the first time that they've seen miracles? But yet they were afraid, and they they said, it's a ghost. And And as he was walking on the sea, they cried out, and the Bible says, in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, and he said, take courage, do not be afraid. I want you to hear the voice of the Lord today in your situation, in your circumstance, to say, Don't be afraid. Doesn't mean you can't do something while you're afraid, hello? But fear is false evidence appearing real that you get a report from the doctor and then all of a sudden they have to say, Oh, well, that is subject to change. How many of you know situations and circumstances in your life are subject to change when they run up against the word of God? Can I get an amen? amen. So here we, we set it out. And then, so here's the disciples are seeing Jesus. They're afraid there's fear. And, and um, let me see if I can get back to my, to my notes. Uh, but when we come to this place where All of a sudden he looks and he sees this scripture here and Peter answered him and he said, Lord, if it's you command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said what? He said what? Come on, everybody. He didn't go into a dissertation of uh, Peter, by the way, you know, if you come, you know, this is water, you know, scientifically, there's no way that you could prove on how you are going to be able to walk in the water and the water's deep. So there's not really any stones for you to walk on. Come on, somebody. It's amazing how all of a sudden God in his supernatural, fully God, fully man self is, is saying, you know what, Peter, this is something that's being done, but you can do this. But he didn't start to go in and say, um, Pete. Don't you know that you can't walk on water? You've never walked on water. He never said that to him. He used one word. Everybody say one word. He used one word. One word got Peter out of the boat. One word got him doing something that he had never done before. Or come on, somebody. One word that's there. And I want to talk with you tonight about one word. Say one word. See, there's been over 206 million people that have tried to create goals and put together resolutions and said, you know what, I'm going to do that this time of year. Do you know that the treadmills and the exercise equipment that their their sales spike during this time of year? Come on, somebody. And then after a few months, all of a sudden people get uh, frustrated and they're unable to keep up with what we call a New Year's resolution. They've forgotten it, and by summertime, it's derailed and it's you know the the tires are off and and all of a sudden you're you're Treadmill now becomes a coat rack. One word with Peter created a focus. One word with Peter allowed him to stay focused on Jesus. And what could Jesus say? Uh um, 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 Pete. He didn't say that. He said, tell me to come. Say one word. Let me pray. Father, we today are going to talk about one word, that one word can make a difference in our lives. One word can change everything. And that we're asking the challenge today to be taken up on the one word to be able to for you to give us that one year word. God, I just don't want a good word. I want a God word. I want the word that you give us. I don't want a word that somebody else says, well, I used this last year, maybe this the year before. I want the one word that will help me know that you've given this to me and that I'll be obedient to it and that it will change my life. And I do receive that now in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. One word can change everything. One word can change everything. In the scripture, when Peter began to step out of the boat, that one word changed his belief in what could become what was natural now to become supernatural or what was supernatural now to become normal. Oh, come on, somebody. So that one word, say one word, tell the person next to you, say, there's a one word for you. Tell them there's one word for you, there's one for for few, And we're targeting 2017, and what is that one word? Now, some of you may put together a whole sentence, but it should focus on one word. Some of you may have three or four different words, but I'm asking you to begin to look at the one word. One word, one word, one word, one word can make a difference. Jesus told the disciples to Go. He told Peter to, I like Jesus. He's not usually a man of a whole lot of words. Um, Pete, uh, Pete, don't you know, um, John, would you tell Pete, what's he doing? You, Pete, you can't do this. John, help me out here. Peter's trying to just get out of the boat. I mean, just, can you help me out here? You know, what, what, what? James, James, Peter's not going to listen to anybody. He's going to try to get out. But Jesus said, Come. And Peter immediately reacted and stepped out of the boat. One word can change your life. There's a couple things today as we've done some one words. I'm going to ask, does anybody have, we've started this in 2014. And um, so this is our fourth year. Does anybody that has done this in the past, could they give a testimony on the one word or what it's done uh, in their life or anything, I'm, I want to Mario come on up. I'd like to have three if there's three of you that'll that'll be here to to share about your one word. Mario, come on.
1: One word. Wow. Um, do you remember my first one word I shared with you? What was it? Do you remember? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I remember. Um, vulnerable vulnerability oh. nobody likes that word right it's, it's almost as if they say you're walking with a devil be vulnerable no um it taught me a lot it, it has actually um it's done wonders for our marriage when i became vulnerable with my wife when i became vulnerable with my family when i became vulnerable with my friends you see vulnerability i understood Was, oh, you're weak. Oh, you're going to show your weakness. I was like, no, that's not it. Because God said, this is the word you should focus on. So I began to study this word. Vulnerability actually strengthens you. Vulnerability strengthens you. Because vulnerability says, no, I will not allow you to treat me this way. I love you. I want you to be close to me. But I don't deserve to be treated that way. It's not harsh. It's just me saying, I am not going to be treated badly. And that's one of the things that vulnerability taught me is that I can be vulnerable to my wife and say, honey, I love you. What do you need from me? Can I do something for you? It makes me strong because it strengthens our marriage. And she says, amen. (laughs) But it actually strengthened our, it has strengthened our marriage. It has strengthened my relationship with family with friends, co-workers. It's, it's a great, this year it's humble. Here we go. Hey
0: Amen. Anybody else? I want, I want, two more. Richard, anybody else? I need one more here besides Richard.
2: When pastor Eric and, uh, uh Shelly put this together, I jumped into it with both feet. This, this is something you should just participate in. Uh, my first word was choose, Because uh, four years ago, I had a lot of things going on in my life that I had choices that I had to make. So I I started every day, I choose to follow the word. I choose to follow the Lord where he would lead me. I choose to do the right thing, even when it could put me in a a bad position. Because sometimes when you choose to do the right thing in the world, it'll come down on you. But I, I, I do it anyway. My second one was relationship and because I wanted to work on my relationship with the Lord first. And as I'm working on my relationship with him, he brought me back to my relationship with the other half of my life. And that's my wife. And now this coming Wednesday, we'll have been married 35 years. So uh, our relationship is, 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 is great and I came to these two and pulled them to the side and said, I want to work on relationship, the relationship that I have with you two. I want to make sure it's strong. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything that I can to be your Levite, to be the the man of God in your life that you need. And then last year, he brought forth for me Jubilee. Jubilee is the restoration of all things that have ever been taken away from you. So for me, last year, I walked in restoration through jubilee and celebration, celebration of his commitment to me. Now this year, uh, you've heard me talking about it the last couple of weeks, and he's just pouring this one into me and it's covenant. I have a covenant relationship with my father that is unbreakable, that has no ending to it. When I'm through mucking around down here and visiting here, because I'm just a visitor here, I get to go home with my daddy and live in covenant relationship with him forever. Amen.
0: Hello, you, Debbie. Come on, yay! See, I I, I kind of like to do things in threes. You know, it says by two or three witnesses let everything be established, and it talks about judging the prophetic word by threes. So a lot of times I like to have those threes.
3: Yeah, y'all hear a lot more from me this year. Um, <laughs> Well, my first year was, the word was fun. That was one of the worst years of my life. And I'm going, God, am I having fun yet? And then I realized, I don't know how to fun. God, I don't know how to fun. You know, but I did have two weeks of vacation that was the best two weeks we'd ever had. <laughs> and then I came back and it was really horrible. <laughs> but my next year was release. And so I started learning to let things go because it's so hard. Easy to hold on, and so God would say, "I go." And God would say, "Release that." Okay. Then the next year He gave me last year was rejoice, and then I found out that you can't rejoice unless you release. So He didn't let me go from the word release. You know, I'm still working on the fun one. Okay. And so I, I did. I I realized though that that our words that were given, and you probably realized that too, they're you know step up on step. You don't ever get rid of the first word, it all builds on this year I get my word liberty. You know I really say so much that
0: I would have liberty. How do we get that one word? What did we look at? I just want to take you real quickly through a process. The first thing that we want to do is you want to be able to prepare your heart. And in order to prepare your heart, you've, this is not easy, but you've got to look in yourself. So you've got to look inward. Say, look in. We've got to be able to look in and say, what are some of the issues? I'm not playing church today. God wants to do something this year in your life that will bring you into a new era, a new thing that will begin to start from generations to generation and will begin to roll through your life and those generations that are following you. And you can be the very catalyst that God can use to get that thing started. So turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you now. He's talking about you. We're talking about you. And I don't want to go through a religious structure, a religious thing, and just say, okay, I want this one word for us to begin to look in. And we've been talking about this on Wednesday nights, on um, as the Wednesday night warriors are gathering, we're dealing with some issues in us. How many of you know it's 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 in you? God, it, God's not the one that has the lack of power, the lack of authority or anything else. God's not the one that has that. So if he's not the one, then you better start looking at right here. So in order for me to find my one word, I got to look in. What is it that I need to be dealing with? And you saw this where they began to look in themselves and say, okay, what is this? What's the issue this? What's the issue in me? What is this thing? And I'm just saying, you know, say it's my it's jealousy. I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta be authentic and say, there is there's a jealousy issue here. And then how can I begin to give that to God? How many of you know. When you look in, you're going to begin to look into yourself and you're going to begin to begin to start preparing some things. And first of all, God wants to prepare your heart because, listen, you can change what you believe right here. But if it doesn't change what your heart is going to do and how you're going to operate within your heart, you can hear the word of God and you can believe the word of God. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. But you've got to have a revelation of how much God loves you. And we're getting that. Amen. We're getting that to say, hey, he, I, I am his favorite, by the way. I just wanted you all to know that I'm his favorite. And you're like, no, no, I'm, I'm his favorite. God has many favorites. That's what I found out, that he has many favorites. But our heart has to change. So we've got to begin to look at our heart. And we've got to be really look in and say, okay. So let me give you a couple things that you need to take time to. Number one, a lot of times we've got to begin to unplug. You've got to unplug from the noise unplug from the noise, and I'm not just saying this as an older person, that now I like a little peace, I like a little quiet, come on somebody, but even when I was younger, I realized that there's just so much going on, you got a hundred and some odd channels on television, then you turn on the TV, and you're looking at something, and it tells you the stock quotes on one side, and news running across the bottom, and one person talking about this over here, and a video going on over there, I'm just like, okay, and some of y'all are got, you got it all, But you've got to unplug from the noise. How many of you know this doesn't mean just putting your headset on and and listen to Christian music. Maybe we need to unplug from everything and get, oh, it's not a dirty word, but get to the point where there's silence. Silence is golden. Silence is golden. It's important. And we are in a world that says don't allow any dead air. Don't allow any air without something going on. Right? Right? Don't allow anything to begin to to fill that. So we've got to unplug the noise. But listen, it's not just the noise on the outside. We need to, I want to encourage you to look at yourself and unplug the noise from your head. But pastor, I'm sitting here in silent and there's nobody here. It's 6 a.m. and Shelly's asleep and the house is quiet. And my mind is going, I got to do this today. I got to do this today. I got to pray for this person. I got to do that. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, anybody? It's like. Oh, I got to get there. I got to get there. I got to do this. Oh, I better write this down. I better do that. And all of a sudden, you've not sat in silence because your mind was just going. But to be able to unplug for this. And then you're going to need to be able to ask a few essential questions. Begin to ask those questions. And there's three questions that I want you to begin to ask yourself. What, what do I need? I mean, God, I think God says he will supply all your needs. And some people are like, well, Pastor, that's kind of selfish, isn't it? No, I don't think that's selfish. Is it selfish when you get on an airplane And Tatum and Rita, and what did they do? They began to start giving you the safety precautions. And they are, they are obviously well known and tested in this, that the first thing you do when that oxygen mask drops is do what? You put it on yourself. Then you help your child. I was like, I think I would help them first. No, they know that you need, you have a need. You're not going to be able to help that child through what is going on if you don't put that oxygen mask on yourself. This is a word for somebody this morning that maybe you're struggling and you're like, wait a minute, I give and 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 God's saying, what what do you need? It's not selfish by saying, Lord, this is what I need. Not that he doesn't know what you need. So, I want you to be able to say, what do I need? And then number two is, what's in my way? What's in my way? What is it? What's the obstacle that's there? That, that is in your way? And number three, you need to say, what needs to go? Jesus said, come. (laughs) You know, there might be time where you gotta say, go. (laughs) Devil? Go. You know what I mean? Those thought processes that set themselves up against the knowledge of Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's done, those things have to do what? Go. Everybody say, it's got to go. There's going to be some things that God wants to do and that we've got to be able to say, that's got to go. So number one, the first thing that you got to realize is that you've got to look in. Say, look in. Once you've looked in, once you, this is the hardest part, is looking in. Because when I look in at my weaknesses, my flaws, my scars, my inhibitions, my lack, hello, hello when I look into those different things, then that's the hard part. But then you've got to begin to look out, say, look out. Well, let's do this. Let's look up first. So we're going to look in, then we're going to look up. Why am I looking up? Because I want to look up to Jesus. I want to look up to God. I want to say, okay, God, what is it that's there? If I am going to unplug some things and I'm going to look in and say, okay, I got to deal with something. I'll use the word jealousy. I got jealousy. I want to be able to deal with this thing. That may be my word this year. So I'm going to be able to say, okay, what have I got to do? I have got to begin to look up, and I've got to begin to hear from the Lord. I think I put um. I think I put uh. uh yeah, First Kings nineteen eleven, and he said, "Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by." This is Elijah, and he said that the Lord has passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and broke to pieces the rocks before the Lord. I mean, we read this thing. But, man, if you put yourself into that thing, I mean, we're talking about boulders coming down. We're not talking about a little mountain slide, Colorado. We're talking about boulders coming down. We're talking about different things that are happening, broken in pieces. But guess what? The Lord was not in the wind. And then after the wind, a what? An earthquake, a shaking going on. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then after the earthquake, oh, I think there was something sung about a fire, wasn't there? There was, There's a fire, say fire. And there was a sound of a gentle stillness and a still, small voice. And the Bible says when Elijah heard the voice. I think we need to be able to look in. Look into ourselves and say, what are some of the issues that I have? What is it that I want? What is it that I need? What is it that I got going on? What is it that really needs to go? What's in my way? There's certain obstacles in my way. And a lot most of the time when I've looked in, the obstacles are myself. Can I help you? Sometimes I'm looking to, well, Kelly's the obstacle. If Kelly would just, if she would just do this. And if she would just do that, she's the obstacle. No, the obstacle is me. Because... The only control I have, I don't have it over Kelly, but I got control over me. And I got control on how I can view, th- view things and my attitude towards things. So really and truly, Elijah began to start hearing from the Lord. So there was the wind. He wasn't in the wind. It was the earthquake, and he wasn't in the earthquake. There was fire. Fire going on. Fire. Fire. He wasn't in the fire. But all of a sudden, there's a still, small voice. This is anointed. See, you, you can hear a still, small voice that God says, I love you. And you think, that's not God. No, that's God. You can hear a still small voice that God says, You're my son. You're my daughter. And you're like, Well, oh, that's not God. That's just me. No, that's God. You hear a still small voice that says, Vulnerable. And you're like, That's not God. <laughs> Right? You probably went through that process. No, 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 no. That's, that's, nope, nope. That's my wife's word. That, that, nope, that's not mine. But it's that very thing. So you don't have to focus on, you know, all the stuff to do, but just this one word. And that you say, okay, you've prepared your heart. You're ready to receive this word. And God has a word meant for you. And you just begin to look to him. And remember, God can use different ways to communicate. Once you get to that place, I've, I've been to that place and then not had my word. But then all of a sudden I was doing something else. I, I read it. I read a deal where a guy was surfing and God spoke to him in the middle of the surf. And said, this is your word. Some of you may be at work and there's your word. Some of you met ladies, guys that do dishes. You might be doing dishes. And then all of a sudden God will speak to you for that word. Ask him to reveal the word. It's very simple. And once once he begins to start revealing that word, one word, that one word, that one word, and you hear vulnerable. One one year ours was breakthrough. I know what my word is. Last year it was communication, and this year it's still communication. Because when I began to pray for the Lord and I said, what about my one word? And the communication word's not over with me. So I'm not going to leave it undone, hello, unless the Lord says to. i got to work on communicating. i got to work on giving you guys the information. I've got to work on communicating with you. i got to work on filling in the blanks because when my wife and I communicate, if, I don't, if we don't talk about it, if I don't fill in the blanks, guess who's there to communicate with her? Same thing with Adam and Eve and Eve in the garden. The enemy was there. The the serpent was there to communicate with Eve because Adam should have been filling in. Oh, come on, somebody should have been filling in the blanks to be able to say, you know what? He's not even supposed to be talking to you. But so mine, mine is communication. So I know I've got to get in it and I've got to say this to myself. I say, what do you want to do in me and through me? That's the question that I want to what do you want to do in me and through me? Because how many of you know, I'm sorry, but it's not all about you. Really? Yeah, really. It's not all about you. In fact, it's not really about you. It's about him. But he will use you. And he will flow through you. But he needs to change you in order to flow through you. And you'll be that honorable vessel. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Amen? So the first thing we do is we look in, then we begin to look up, and now we begin to look out. Begin to look outward. How many ever ever got a a different car than what you had before? Uh, Anybody? Everybody? Yeah? How many of you thought, you know, there wasn't too many people that had that car? How many of you get a new car? I I remember Pastor Virginia, and they got uh, that Enclave or whatever that you have now there. She was like, I got my uncle, and there isn't, there just isn't any of them like I did in Woodward. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, she's like, man, they're all over the place. You know, people got these things all over the place. See, what happens is you were not attuned to it. It's kind of like I love Christian music, but I have to tune to the Christian music radio station. So, you know, she goes, okay, I, I bought this car and then looked around and then there's there's all these other cars. When you get your word, all of a sudden you're going to begin to start hearing it. All of a sudden you're going to begin to start seeing it. You're going to be able to turn on the news and all of a sudden there's your word, vulnerable. They're going to talk about vulnerability or they're going to talk about communication or they're going to talk about, you know, and you begin to look at that. And then somebody comes on and they have a poem and they use your word in a poem. Or somebody else comes on and they're doing an interview and they're using the word, the word era it keeps coming back all of a sudden we're here in era it's a new era it's a new time it's a new era That's a new era in this it's a new era in the united states it's a new era here it's a new and we're just like are you seeing this and then all of a sudden we're looking out and reading some things and there it is there it is it talks about there's a new era there's you know it's i was like god i want my word to be era and he was like no you, you're not done with communication yet so i want to communicate about the new era come on somebody So you'll begin to start see the Word. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to see it. You're going to see it. You begin to start seeing it. I I want you to Google it. I want you to look up the definition. I want you to write it down. I want you to begin to look at Scriptures. You know, as many of you do, the Word studies. And you can begin to look at a Scripture and look at a Scripture and look at a Scripture. And you're like, there's your Word. There's your Word. There's your Word. You can begin to discover what it meant. All of a sudden, the Word becomes the living Word. It's alive and active. It's amazing what what the breakthrough we uh, three years ago Our first first word was was breakthrough and in january I was invited to a church And I was in tulsa and we drove up and and I told shelly I I actually took a picture. I'm not real good with selfies and stuff In fact, I don't really like my picture taken most of the time But I I drove up and guess what the name of the church was breakthrough church So I got over by the by the sign and I took a picture You know shelly knew it was a miracle, you know, I I am taking a selfie I don't take selfies much but you know what it's like It's like because the sign said breakthrough church and here it was in january and I was like that's my word And I go to that church and all of a sudden god begins to highlight it say he highlights it He begins to highlight that word and you begin to look at it See here's what I know What you put your attention and focus to gets done Bryce, you need to clean the garage. When you put your focus and attention to cleaning the garage, y'all haven't had a conversation recently about cleaning the garage, have you? Okay, good, good. Uh, people are like, "What are you doing? Are you are you sitting outside my house? Are you if you drive up and see my garage full, you need to clean the garage. And if your and if your garage needs to be cleaned, the more you put focus and attention, he's the more. Let me tell you, Tatum, the more he puts focus and attention on it, doesn't it get done? And you're the same way. The more you put focus and attention on something, it's going to get done. Now, listen, the opposite works also. The less you think about it, the less you put attention on it, the less you start focusing on it, the less it's going to get done. So we got, you got to have more. I'm telling you, there is a one word that God has for you for 2017, and he wants you to begin to meditate on it. He wants you to begin to own it, begin to own the word, begin to live the word, begin to talk the word, begin to understand the word. When you get it in front of you, it's a constant reminder. I was sitting at the table today, and I looked over at, at my back, and, and Tanya is staying with us, and over my shoulder on, on our cabinet was my word communication. I looked back over to her, make sure it was still there. I was like, it's still there. I put it in my mirror. I put it on my truck. You can go to my office in here and you I have had people come in and go, what's that on your door? The word communications on my door—it's <laughs> like on your doorframe, or or all of a sudden it's on your computer, or you can do some cool things. There's some other other things over there to help you. You're welcome to take any of these that are over there to put your word on it to help post it. We want you to be able to get that one word. Say one word. I'm almost done today when you get it you know, put it in your kitchen, put it in your car, put it on your desk, put it. You know, we have declarations on our mirror and that, you know, while I'm brushing my teeth, that's not really good to say your declarations while you're brushing your teeth. I'm just saying. But, you know, I can think about those and meditate on those. And it's there. How about a screensaver? How about painting a sign? How about putting it where you would, you know, where you'd get it right next to your bed or where you can see it or maybe on the television? There is that one word. You got one word. We've set up a table over here for the one word. On the end of this sound booth, right here, were the one words for two thousand and sixteen. I want everybody just to kind of look back. They see that big white board right there. Where you, if you look back, you'll see it. It says one word two thousand seventeen. That's a that's our that's our mobile one word. So what we want you to do? Here is what I'd like for you to do. You are like, what do I need to do, right? Aren't you? What do I need to do, Bonnie? You are like, what do I need to do, Pastor? Right? Good. I'm glad you asked that. Is I want you to, to, to look in yourself. Then to look up. And then to look outward and begin to get that as you got that word then I want you to come over to this table and I want you to write it down. You can use a magic marker. You can use a pen. I don't doesn't matter to me. Some of the people of you guys are artists and you guys are going to draw on it or the children are going to participate in this one word. I've got a mobile one word wall that we're going to move around because next week we're going to take it back into the kids children's ministry and they're going to guess do what? They're going to try to position and hear from the Lord and take one word. And how many of your parents want that one word to be obedient? You need to pray. You need to pray right now. You want your children to be obedient. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, obedience is better than sacrifice. So you got, no, don't be trying to manipulate the one word. Don't be, I know you guys, you'll be sitting down now. Listen, remember this word, obedient. This is how you spell it. This is what do. And every day they come home from school and they spell obedient or obey, obey. And then all of a sudden next Sunday, they're like, what one word? I don't know. This one word keeps coming up. It's obey. Well, that's because mama just put that thing in you and she was just like getting you to getting you to use that. So it's that one word. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to be able to hear the word and then utilize it. I want you to do it. And we're going to put it on that board right up there. You can put it on. There's a basket over there. You can put it on that. But I want us to to, we're going to put it on that one word wall. And then every time when you come in, you may pass by that wall. You may go down the hallway to go to the restroom, and there's the one-word wall. You may find out that it's in the fellowship hall when we have uh, a dinner. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, there's that one-word wall. You may be able to be here to come in on Sunday, and when you walk in the parking lot, when you first walk in the door, there's the one-word wall reminding you of your one word. We're not reminding you of your one word to make you feel bad or guilty. We're reminding you of your one word because that's where God is going to begin to bring a release and a revelation to you is that one word. Say one word. One word can begin to change your life. One word can shift things. One word can make a difference in 2017. One word. It doesn't have to be 50 words. If you're like me, man, you know what? It's like, man, you know I, I set all these goals and I used to used to do two pages of goals and you know, and half the goals never got done and half of them weren't probably even attainable to start with. But one word, if you get one word and you focus on that one word, it'll change your life. Amen. Will you guys stand to your feet t- tonight, today, tomorrow, this day, this morning? How about one word, stand. <laughs> I, I was looking in the scriptures and I was reminded, you know, when Paul said that when you stand, when you're done, when you've done all you can do to stand some more, stand. So we keep standing. We just keep standing. There's an anointing on this one word. It's your word. I want you to own this one word. Will you own this one word today? Will you participate with us? Those of you, I've never done that. Never done that. I don't know, man. That's kind of weird stuff. No. Join us. Let's do the one word. Share your one word with somebody else. Let other people hold you accountable on that one word for somebody else. People that you know that will hold you accountable in a godly way. Let me pray for you as you seek out that one word. Father, your word even tells us that you came to Elijah in a still, small voice. We know the voice of the good shepherd and the voice we will hear. And as people position themselves, and many already have, and many have already participated. But as they position and listen, and they look in, they look up. Now they begin to look out and you continue to remind them of their word. We remind you of your word, God, that said you would never leave us nor forsake us. We remind you of your word that says there's joy and peace, righteousness, joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. We remind you of your word that you send your angels to watch over your word, to perform your word. Father, today, help us for this one word for 2017. We don't want to, I don't want a counterfeit word. I want a word from the kingdom of heaven, from the throne room of God. Let us access that, and you give us that word, and that word will shape us and change us and mold us. And like Peter, we'll walk on water. Like Peter, we'll do something that the other disciples never did. Like Peter, we'll step out. Like Peter, we have a plan and purpose and a destiny. No matter what decisions, what failures we go through, what mistakes we make, your word is always there to support us and to help us. And we receive that and we believe that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hey, can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? One word. You're going to have one word. 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 Say one word. We'll change things. I'm going to position. I'm going to listen. And I'm going to get my word. I am ready. Expecting. And honoring. Each other with this one word. I believe, I receive it, in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys go forth in his power and his might as usual. We have prayer for you. If, we, if you need prayer today, we bless you. We send you forth in his power and his might. God bless you. Don't forget to visit the one-word table.